is Restart Hope with Pastor Joel Sikar on FM 94.1 The Voice. But God is so amazing and just and loving that He comes into the world and He clothes you with robes of righteousness so you can boldly walk into the throne room of grace and not die. So you can actually enter into the presence of God and not die. So you can actually have the guts to say, God, show me your glory. And He will show you more of Himself. It's crazy. So God speaks to us terrifies them with warnings, and he makes them, listen to this, turn, there's another good word for turn, that's repent, cause them to turn from doing wrong, repenting from wrong, he keeps them from pride, that's he saves them, he protects them from pride, and he protects them from the grave. Why does God speak? To cause you to repent, to protect you, and to save you from death, from crossing over the river of death. And he says, oh God disciplines people with pain, on their sickbeds, God will let you go to a point of suffering to get your attention, to cause you to repent, will let you go to a point of pain to keep you, to save you from pride. It says, they lose their appetite for even the most delicious food. Their flesh wastes away and their bones stick out. They are at death's door. The angels of death wait on them. He's saying, listen, listen, you do not know how long you're going to suffer. I know your suffering is hard and God sometimes will walk you to that point of death where your bones are showing through your skin. I call this my COVID shirt because when I got COVID and pneumonia and stuff like that, the first message I preached, this is the shirt I wore. And I was so weak, I'd lost 20 pounds. The shirt felt too heavy on me. Sometimes God will walk you through that. I'm telling you, the lessons that I learned was beautiful in that time. I got to experience the nearness of God like never before. And God prepared me to preach messages like this of saying, though none go with me, God, I am ready for heaven. I'm just going to preach and preach and preach until you take me home. And God will walk you through that to cause you to repent, to protect you, to keep you from pride, and to show you more of himself, to keep them from failure, to keep you from thinking that suffering is your ticket to grace, but for him to show you that he is a God of grace. But Elihu, speaking from the Spirit of God, is going to point Job where man's failure and God's justice meet in the faithfulness of an intercessor. Look at this in verse 23. He says, but if an angel from heaven appears a special messenger to intercede. He says, God will walk you through suffering. God will walk you through pain. And God will teach you things when you're in your sick bed and when you're in your sorrow. But don't turn against God. Don't ever think that your, your suffering is your ticket to salvation. He says, but, but in our suffering, in this, in, this, in this turmoil, in this wrestling in this world, if an angel from heaven appears, a special messenger to intercede for a person and declare that he's upright, he will be gracious and say, rescue him from the grave for I found a ransom for his life. He's saying, wouldn't it be great though, Job? <laughs> wouldn't it be great if in our suffering, if, if, if God, if some versions say, if one in a thousand angels would show up and say, I got a ransom for his life. To say, you're justified before God. Because you see, Job's biggest problem is, I don't care about my pain, I don't care about my suffering. Why, God, are you mad at me? What did I do to tick you off? How can I be made right with you? And Elihu's saying, man, I know that God teaches us through suffering, and he's sitting there and he's like, but wouldn't it be great if there was a mediator, an intercessor who will stand between God and man and have a ransom if you've sinned to cover your sins and when you're suffering to bring meaning in your suffering. Wouldn't that be great? Wouldn't that be great? If in your suffering right now, there was a, a savior who could actually bring meaning to your suffering. Wouldn't that be great? Wouldn't that be great if there was a, a savior who brought sense to the death of a loved one? You know, this friend of mine that I said who, uh, was doing a funeral service. There was something that stood out to me when I was watching the funeral service. On the coffin, it had this little uh, sign that said, with Jesus. 
with Jesus on the coffin. I don't know this person, but it made me really happy for that family to stand around and to know, to be reminded that while this person is asleep, there's a sign that boldly proclaims with Jesus. And that's what Elihu is saying. If only there was a person who would step in and give us confidence in our suffering, who will bring wisdom in my suffering. Jesus was more than just a messenger from God. He was and is God. It says in the Bible in John chapter 1 verse 80, no one has ever seen God, but the unique one who is himself God is near to the Father's heart and he has revealed God to us. I do not know if you're a believer or an unbeliever over here, but it's possible that you've started worshiping your suffering and not the Savior. And this morning he's calling you to look at Jesus. He's more than a messenger, but he is God. And you need to surrender your life to him. He's not just a messenger. He's continuing to speak to us, like I said earlier, in Hebrews chapter 1, verse 1 and 2. It says, long ago God spoke many times and in many ways through our ancestors, to our ancestors through the prophets. And now in these final days, he's spoken to us through his son. God promised everything to the Son as an inheritance, and through the Son, He created the universe. What Elihu is wishing for is fulfilled in Jesus. Not only is Jesus God, not only is He a messenger from God to a fallen man, He's also our intercessor. He's pleading for you right now. It says in the book of Romans, chapter 8, verse 34 Who then will condemn us? No one. For Christ Jesus died for us and was raised to life for us. And he's sitting in the place of honor at God's right hand pleading for us. In your suffering right now, in the accusation brought against you right now, you have Jesus himself who knows everything about your life. And when you're covered in his blood, he's saying, no, no, no. He's doing stupid things, but he's still my son. He's covered in my righteousness. I'm not going to hold a sin against him because my blood, my righteousness is on him. He's interceding for us and he's the only, please listen to me, your suffering is not going to bring you peace when you depend on it as your salvation. You turning against God and calling him all sorts of names is not going to bring you peace. The only thing that's going to bring you peace is being right with Jesus because all of his righteous good deeds is going to be placed on you. He never sinned. It's going to be placed on you and he now is interceding with the father and saying, he's brown but I love him. He's an idiot, but I love him. He's mine. I will never disown him. He's always going to be my son. And even when he, theological people, it's going to rattle your brains. Even when he fails over and over and over again, he is still my son. And I'm waiting by the window for him to come. And as soon as I see him coming, I'm going to run after him. I'm going to clothe him once again with my robes. I'm going to kiss him, even though he smells like a pig. And bring him in. He's going to be dancing with shoes on his feet and a ring on his finger. That's the response I was hoping for, yeah. He's not only interceding for you, he alone. He's the only one who can look at you and say, I've declared you sinless. I've declared you righteous. He's the only one who can make that final statement and hit the gavel and say, done, over, finished. He's the only one. Elihu, what he's wishing for, (laughs) he's on that side of the cross, we're on this side of the cross. And he's sitting here and he's painting out the gospel saying, if only there was a special messenger If only there was an intercessor. If only there was someone who could declare, Job, you're upright. Let me remind you of Romans chapter 5 verse 1. Therefore, since we've been made right in God's sight, how? By faith. That's what I'm going to call you to do this morning, to respond in faith. We have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ, our Lord, has done for us all. All your needs for peace in your suffering is found only in Jesus. Here's the outcome. Please track with me. Give me about 10, 15 minutes and we'll close, okay? Here's the outcome. 
Job chapter 33, verse 25. Then his body will become as healthy as a child, firm and youthful again. Okay, all the old people now are like, I want Jesus. This is better than Botox, right? It's better than facial cream. Isaiah chapter 40, verse 31 says, But they who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. You might look like an old ripe fruit ready to fall from the tree. But you will be strong. You're welcome. But you'll be strong as a lion in your spirit. When the enemy comes in like a flood, the lion from the tribe of Judah will roar. That even Abraham, when he's 99 years old, he's able to get his wife Sarah pregnant and the seed is miraculous. And her womb recognizes that God is doing something and the womb wakes up and Isaac is born, which means laughter. God will have the last laugh. Trust me on this, man. You can go through suffering, but oh my gosh, but with God, you find joy in the midst of your suffering. You cannot wipe away your tears when someone brings you donuts, but when he pours out a spirit on you, you're able to jump for joy and your neighbors will be wondering, what the heck is wrong with you? And you'd be like, I'll tell you what's wrong with me. He said, I was broken in sin, but my Jesus, he's my intercessor. He has declared me right. His body will become healthy as a child, firm and youthful again, and you'll be able to jump for joy. You'll be able to clap and raise your voice. I've seen old people come to know Jesus, and boy, they work so hard for the kingdom. They're like, Pastor, what do you need me to do? Where do you want me? How can I help you? How can I pray for you? I'm like, gosh, man, you're acting like a teenager now. I love it. I feel like a youth pastor again. But he prays to God, he'll be accepted. How beautiful is that? I don't know, man. That, that one verse alone, I could just read that and you can go home. When he prays, he'll be accepted. How? When you come under the blood of Jesus. This morning I was, I was getting ready and I was thinking about what a joy. When I pray, I'm accepted. I can go to God and say, God, I don't understand what I'm walking through. God, I don't understand why this person hates me right now. And he's able to show me what I'm walking through. He's able to... Show me the schemes of the enemy so I'm not caught off guard. He's like, hey, watch out. That's an invitation. That's an obstacle. Stay away. I sit and I read through the book of Job on Monday and I'm like, I have no idea how I'm going to preach this. And God's like, I will show you. Because when you pray, I'm going to answer and I will speak to you. Ah, man, God loves to speak. He's always speaking. When he prays to God, he'll be accepted and God will receive him with joy and restore him to good standing. Some of you, your parents don't receive you with joy. Some of you, You were a nuisance, an obstacle. But what a joy for you to know that in the gospel, you're received with joy. See, you don't have to be like me for God to receive you with joy. You don't have to act like a pastor for God to receive you with joy. You need to come with your brokenness. Come just as you are. In fact, he loves you just as you are. And he will change you. He will transform. We try to clean up our act and like toilet paper sticking out of my pants. Going to see God. All that's great and good. Would you just come just as you are? Just come just as you are. Just come, listen, listen, stop, 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 stop looking at yourself and your suffering and come with your little coupons. Throw it away. Throw away your coupons. Throw away your little, you know, your bags and your savings and your works. Throw it away. Come just as you are. I accept you. I died for you. I didn't die for a version of you. I didn't die for the hypocritical mask that you put. I cannot bless who you say you are. I cannot bless who you pretend to be. I want to bless you because I love you. And this is so beautiful that in the book of Job, God is showing us these things. Job, you're sitting with sores, with worms out of your sores. And I love you, man. You fool. I love you. 
and I'm walking you through this because I love you and I'm not satisfied with a stale relationship with you. I'm going to draw you closer and closer to me. And when you pray, you'll be accepted. God will receive him with joy and restore him to good standings. This is what the prophet Isaiah says in Isaiah 54 verse 4. Fear not, you will no longer live in shame. Fear not, you've lived in sin, but you will no longer live in shame. Stick your chest up, stick your head up. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, your neighbors know what you did. Your parents know what you did. Your teachers know what you did. Your church knows what you did. Thank God that even he knows what you did. And his blood will wash it all away. You will no longer live in shame. Do not be afraid. There's no more disgrace for you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. There's no more disgrace for you. You will no longer remember the shame of your youth and the sorrows of widowhood. Job, uh, Elihu continues, he says, he will declare to his friends, I have sinned and twisted the truth, but it was not worth it. <laughs> he would say, hey, I, I walked away in sin. He will have a testimony. Some of you this morning, as you give your life to Jesus, you're going to have a testimony. I walked in lies. I walked in deceit. I walked twisting the truth, but it was not worth it. Like Keith Green sings, I ran to the end of the highway and there was nothing there. And so I found my way back to my creator. His name is Jesus. And I found him. It was not worth it. It was not worth it when I ran out of the world. But God rescued me from the grave. Has God rescued you? Amen. And now my life is filled with light. Yes. It says in the book of John that light has entered in the world. But people love darkness more than the light because in the light the deeds were revealed. Yes. Listen, you know your deeds that are shameful. Yes. You know your deeds that's causing you to sit in your pile of suffering. You know your deeds that you hate, that you detest, that's gross, that's nasty, that's wickedness. Please don't call it righteousness. It's filthy rags. Your suffering is not a ticket to your salvation. Your hardships is not your ticket to the grace of God. You cannot stand before God and say, you, you have no idea how much I've suffered. Don't make him rewind the DVR and take you to the cross. The best thing to do is to acknowledge God in your suffering by saying, God, I'm in pain, but you are good. God, I'm suffering, but you are just. God, I do not know how long, but you do. I'm going to trust you. God, there's a lot of unbelief. Please help me believe. That's a good way to go to God. And then to turn away from your wickedness that God shows you. Turn away from your sin. Repent as God's speaking to you. Like we said, God speaks so that we repent. God speaks to you so that you can turn from your ways and He will save you from your pride, your arrogance, and He will protect you. That's all the time we have for today, but we would like to hear from you. Our address is P.O. Box 2014, Eagle, Idaho, 83616. You can also listen to this message and more on the Living Church Boise app, available in your app store. 